So we need to start our day every day knowing that God loves us. We need to start our day knowing that. He says, but don't stop there. In the evening, you need to declare his faithfulness. So, so what is the psalmist saying to us? He says, so I should start, wake up in the morning saying, God, I know that you love me. And then I go throughout my day, no matter what that day brings, ups, downs, highs, lows, no matter what I've gone through, if I make it to the end of that day, I better look back and say, God, you've been faithful. So he's teaching us that, 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 that praise is not just because he's doing something. I should praise him just because he loves me. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rhema Talk podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. Amen. Well, church, if you have your Bibles, turn me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 92. Psalm 92. We're going to just park right here in this text today and get us some understanding on how to praise or when to praise. Psalm 92. Um, If you do not have your Bibles, we will have it on the monitors for you. Psalm 92. When you get it, please say, I got it. If you're still turning, say, hold up. No problem. Psalm. Amen. Psalm 92 is in our Bibles. If you get to Job, you're real close. If you get to Proverbs, you've gone too far. I'm going to make a promise to you today. What time is this? 12.01. I'm going to get it to you today. Hot and fresh. Amen. Hot and fresh. In 30 minutes or less. Amen. Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Um, We're going to start at verse 1. I'm going to read today from the New King James Version. And it says this. It says, Now it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of ten strings, on a lute, and on the harp with harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hand, O Lord. Great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. Jump down to verse 7. When the wicked spring up like grass, when all the workers of iniquities flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. Jump down to verse 9. And behold, your enemies, O Lord, behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox, and, I, and, have anu- and I've been anointed with fresh oil. Jump down to verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and, like, and shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those who plant in the house of the Lord uh, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in their old age. Uh, that should be a blessing to somebody right there. Amen. Uh, don't matter what your age is, you can still bear fruit. Um, and, and, and they shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's stop right there. My sermon title today is Now is a Good Time. Praise in the Process. Now is a good time. Praise in the process. Uh, During this time of year, Brother Michael, I I like to go to the Orioles game. Amen. (laughs) Who are leading in the East? Amen. (laughs) Amen, Brother Michael. (laughs) Amen. The Sox are further down the list. He's from Boston, so... 
you know. But when I get an opportunity, I like to go to the O's game. And I'm going to tell you what, what the amazing thing about going to the O's game, I like to watch people at the game. When I watch people at the game, a lot of people who, who don't understand or follow baseball, they don't know when to cheer. Because <laughs> they don't understand what's going on. They, they, they don't know when to cheer, and, and so they look crazy. Sometimes they cheer at the wrong time. You know, at, at, at Camden Yards, you know, we have certain things that we do just here in Baltimore. They don't know that because they don't you know, go to the games. You know, we yell, oh, at certain times and do all types of things. And, and, and so it's funny to watch people who don't understand the game because they cheer at the wrong time. And they take their cues from other people. And that's the same conflict or the challenge we see in the body of Christ because people don't know when to praise the Lord. And instead of taking their cues from, from, from the Word of God, they take their cues from the world. Here's the, thing about, here's the thing about praise. In the church, we have equated praise to things. Let me explain what I mean. So we praise God for the things he has done. And the only time we give him praise is when he do things for us. Just like at the baseball game, if they hit a home run, everybody wake up and they cheer because they've now done something, and that's why they get the cheer and the praise. And so here's the other thing about a baseball game. They also praise or cheer when they want you to do something. Defense. Defense. They're doing it because they want you to display some type of defense. And so understand, that's what we do in the church too. We praise God when he's doing something or when we want him to do something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, God, I need you to bless me. So here's my praise for you. The, my, my yet blessing, my yet praise. That's the only time we want to give God glory is when he's a genie for us, when he's doing magic tricks for us and, and opening doors for us. That's the only time we want to open our mouths and give him glory outside of that. We keep our mouths shut. And see, here's the issue, church. I know that around us we have all types of things. We have uh, uh, health issues and financial issues and relationship issues. And most of the time people are taking their cue from the world. The world says, mm-mm, God ain't moving, don't say nothing. God ain't moving, um, um, don't, don't open your mouth. But when God moves, he gets your new house, your new car, your, your, your new whatever, and oh, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the only time you praise is when he's doing something. So let's get to our text. In our text, we, the psalmist is writing, and he's inviting people to praise the Lord. In this particular psalm, now understand that this psalm was used in the Old Testament. They would get the, pe- the priests, and the priests would gather the people and get their attention. And he would gather them, and he says, all right, now it's time as an ecclesia, as a church, for us to praise the Lord. Now the unique thing about this passage, um, in, in the Hebrew, the, the typography, which is the, the way the text flows, it, 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 it suggests that when the priest stood up and told them or encouraged them to praise, that they they did not respond favorably because they didn't feel that this was the right time to praise. Why should I have to praise and I'm going through something? Why should I have to praise and my bills ain't paid? Why should I have to praise when I'm still sick? Why should I have to praise when I'm still beefing with my spouse? Amen, lights and walls. Amen. And, and, and so because of that, uh, 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 they didn't praise. And, and that's what happens a lot of times, church. We get so busy looking at our circumstances that we think it's inappropriate to praise right now. It's inappropriate to praise while I'm going through, God. I want, you, I want to just have on my, my sackcloth and my ash and just walk around, oh, woe is me. Mm-hmm. I know I'm parking in somebody's spot. 
because I can see the ash on your face. Because we want to be in a, we like to have pity parties instead of a praise party. We, 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 we want to, you know what, I, I'm starting to realize that people like misery. Because they'll get attention. Attention seekers. What's wrong with you? Oh, nobody knows the troubles I see. Nobody knows but Jesus. And we do that because we want, we, you know, in the back of our minds, we want deliverance, but we, we're so used to the trouble, we, we just stay in it. Not realizing your praise could be your vehicle out. That your, that your praise could be the thing that, that sets you free from where you are. If you just open your mouth in the midst of your storm, then God can open that door and let you out of your storm. And so, and so here's the thing. I, I showed you the scripture last week. Just put it on the screen for me, Isaiah 43. I showed you this last week. Look what Isaiah said to us. Look what he's saying. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making, in the process of doing this, a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Listen to what God has said. He says, do you perceive it? In other words, you're so focused on what's happening around you, you can't see that God's doing a new thing. You can't even perceive it because you're so focused on, oh, look at what I'm going through and look what I've been through. God says, I'm doing a new thing. God says, you're missing it because you're focused on the wrong thing. Look, look at verse 15 of our text. Look at verse 15 of our text. He says, to declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Now, the psalmist is saying to declare. That word declare in Hebrew actually means to praise. So that means we should be praising God. Now, you're saying, I ain't got nothing to praise God for. He just said what you could be. He said, you should praise God because he's upright. You should praise God because he's your rock. You should praise God because there's no unrighteousness in him. So you have a reason to praise. We see, again, because we only think praise means I need to praise because he's doing something for me. But we can praise him just because he is God. Just because he's upright. Just because he is my rock. Just because there is no unrighteousness. That's enough to praise him for. And so he's, so he's saying, he's saying, he's saying to us, we got to open our mouths and begin to praise the Lord. Here's the thing about the old game. In the beginning, they didn't get it. But by the time you get to the end, they figure out when to praise. So by the end of this thing, you're going to know how to praise and when to praise. All right, let's, let's, get, let's, let's get through this word. Uh, uh, look, look at verse 2 of our text. Let's just walk right through this. We're going to exegete this. So look what it says. He says, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. So the psalmist is trying to teach us that God loves us. That's what he says. He says, your loving kindness in the morning. So we need to start our day every day knowing that God loves us. We need to start our day knowing that. He says, but don't stop there. In the evening, you need to declare his faithfulness. So, so what is the psalmist saying to us? He says, so I should start, wake up in the morning saying, God, I know that you love me. And then I go throughout my day, no matter what that day brings, ups, downs, highs, lows, no matter what I've gone through, if I make it to the end of that day, I better look back and say, God, you've been faithful. So he's teaching us that, that, that praise is not just because he's doing something. I should praise him just because he loves me. And I should praise him because he, he's faithful to me. Here's the thing. God only does what he is. So whatever he does flow from who he is. So if God is loving me, that's, he's, it's flowing, because, flowing from because he is love. God is faithful to me because he is faithful. So you have to understand that whatever he's doing is flowing from his being. That's who God is. And that's enough to give him praise. So, so we have to understand 
that, that, that praise is not just based off of, God, thank you for the house, so here's your praise. But I should be able to open my mouth and say, God, you're worthy yes. just because you're God. And, and open up my mouth to declare his goodness. So look at verse 4. This is the part I love. Verse 4 of our text says, For you, Lord, have made me glad through your works. Listen to what he says here. And I will triumph in the works of your hand. I love the way David puts this because he says, he, there's, there's no question in there. He says, I will triumph. In other words, he says, because God is faithful, because he loves me, I'm going to be victorious no matter what I go through. No matter what I'm faced with, I'm going to be victorious. And we have to believe that. That's why I love Romans 8.20. And we know that all things work together for the good of them. So you got to know that thing. It has to be down in your spirit. I will win. This thing will not take me out. It won't take me under. I'm going to be victorious in this thing. And you got to begin listening. He says, I will. If, the, if it's the Lord's will, I, hopefully I'll make it out of this. You don't hear that in, in David's mouth. You hear him declaring, no, I will be triumphant. And see, you got to be bold in the Lord, church. See, here's the thing. You can stand on this. This is his promise to you. So you can stand on the promise and know that you're going to win and that you're going to be triumphant. Somebody say, I will win. Yeah, yeah, you're going to win. Now, I want you to see this shift because this shift messed me up. Look, 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 at, look at verse 7 of our text. It says, when the wicked springs up like grass, that means they're going to grow quick. And listen, when all the workers of iniquity flourish, that means you're going to see the people on your job get promoted. You're still sitting in the same spot. When everybody else get, getting theirs and they're being blessed, you say, what in the world is going to be my turn, God? They're growing like grass. Grass, you know, I don't know about your grass, but my grass grow quick. Amen. Especially if it start raining. And here's the thing, we pray for rain. So understand, when, when the rain comes, so does the weeds. And they're gonna, sometimes the weeds go faster than your grass. And so understand that when, that when those weeds come up, you're looking around saying, what in the world is going on? But look what, they, look what the Bible says. It says, when they flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. See, God got to recognize them. See, they got to spring up so you can know which one are the weeds. See, they got to spring up fast so they can see which ones that, that God got to cut down. So you see the shift. You see the shift that's happening. Oh, God, why are they being blessed? He says, I got I them to come up quick so, they can see, so I can see which ones they are so I can get rid of them. Amen. Look, 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 look what it says here. Go look at the next verse. It says, go to the next verse, verse 8. It says, for behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of a nigga will be scattered. Go to the next verse. This is the part I want to get to, verse 10. This is the part that messed me up. He says, but my horn, uh, you have exalted like a wild ox, and I've been anointed with fresh oil. Oh, can I extradite this? I'm going to spend some time on this one verse, and this thing blessed me. So, 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 now we just read... That, 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 that our enemies and the enemies of God are going to spring up like grass and they're going to flourish. They're going to, they're going to do well. They're going to be balling and you're going to be sitting there looking crazy, look like. <laughs> but when we get to verse, he says, but my horn. Yeah. Understand what horn means. Horn means your authority and power. Think about an animal's horn. The animal's horn is where his strength is. A ram, his strength is in his horn. That's what he fights with. He says, but my horn will be exalted, which means your, your authority and power are going to be elevated and lifted up. Yeah. 
Now, that word exalted here, I looked it up in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Hebrew, and it actually means the release of divine favor. So the way I'm going to have my horn exalted is through a release of divine favor. Favor that I don't deserve. Favor that's going to come out of nowhere. He's going to just open up doors for you don't even know where it came from. Let me show you that. He says, like a wild ox. Here's the thing. Anybody ever seen a wild ox? You haven't. You know why? Because we don't know what it looks like. We know what an ox is like, but not a wild ox. So, so, so understand, that's something you've never seen before. See, y'all, y'all missing. Let me put it all together. My, but my horn, you have exalted like a wild ox. So let me put it all together for you. So God's going to give me authority and a, and a power that's elevated. I'm going to receive divine release of a favor, and I'm going to get it like I've never seen it before. He said, he said I'm going to give it to you like you've never, you've never seen a wild ox. So I'm going to give you something you've never seen before. Eyes have not seen, neither ears heard, neither into the heart of man what God has in store for you, church. He said, that's, that's what I'm going to do for you. But let me, let, me, let me get right here to this, this latter part. He says, I've been anointed with fresh oil. Now, let me, let me actually you this real quick. The, the word fresh here does not mean new oil. It means quality oil. It's not talking about new in time, like you're going to get something brand new. But he says, I'm going to take it and make it better. I'm going to give it fresh. I'm going to refresh it and make it better than what it was before. But I got to take it through a process. Somebody say the process. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. It has to go through a process. This word anointed here, typically in the Bible, when you see the word anointed, it actually means to pour on or to pour out. When Aaron, the high priest, was anointed, he had to pour oil in him, and there was an outpouring of oil. When Samuel went to David, to Jesse's house to appoint David as king, he poured oil from him from a horn. I'm going to get there in a moment. So, so, so he had to pour oil on him to anoint him with oil. So, 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 so he, but in this context, anointing does not mean to pour out. It means to mix up. And so God is saying, in order for me to give you fresh oil, I got to mix some things up. I got to take the good in your life, the bad in your life, the ups and downs. I'm going to mix them all together, and guess what? I'm going to turn it around for your good. It's going to produce a fresh oil for you, a quality oil. An oil that's been through something and made it through. And so, and so, and when I, when I begin to talk about oil, you know, I, I, I had to go back to the Old Testament because I said, man, I remember God giving Moses a recipe for fresh oil. So I want to show you this in the, in, in the book of Exodus. Put it on the screen for me. Exodus chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter 30, right? Chapter 30, verses 22 through 25. Look what it says here. It says, moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also take yourself quality spices. Which is said that that's how you get fresh. It's from quality. Quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh. It says, have um, half of a sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, 500 shekels of acacia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen, which is a gallon of olive oil. So that's the recipe. Okay, let me read this part. And you shall make from it, listen to this, these a holy anointing oil, a ointment compounded according to the art of perfume, uh, for, shall, for it shall be holy anointed oil, a holy anointed oil. 
So, so God, God says, listen, here's the recipe to make this anointed oil. And so I'm going to make some for you right now. I want you to see something here. This is the recipe that God gave to Moses. He said, the first thing you need to start with is with liquid myrrh. Now, understand that myrrh is harvested from a plant. But in order to harvest it, you have to cut the plant. I'm about to take you through the process to make oil. The plant has to be cut. And when you taste the myrrh, it's bitter. You missed it. You, you, you missed it. Let me say it again. The plant has to be cut. And it's bitter to the taste. So God says, what I need to do to make your oil, to get your oil started, I got to cut. There's going to be some cuts in your life that's going to make you bitter. You're going to receive some cuts in this life that's going to make you bitter. He says, okay, I can use that to make fresh oil. Those, those places that cut you and you, you're still salty about it. You're still bitter about it. He says, I can use that because I'm going to make some quality oil. Then the next thing he said, he says, I need cinnamon. He says, now here's the thing about cinnamon. Cinnamon starts off a little hot, but then it ends up sweet. You missed that one too. See, see, he said, I want to take the situation in your life that start off real complex and jacked up, but then I turned that thing around for your good. He says, I want you to know that I'm a way maker, so in order for me to show you that, I need to add that as an ingredient, ingredient in, your, in, your, in your mix of oil. You got to know that I can turn things around for you. So he took, he took the cinnamon, but then he took cane. Now, cane only grows in the mire, in the muck. Cain only grows in swampy, dirty places. Y'all really missed that when that flew right over your head. I'm going to add a little bit more of that. See, you have to understand, there are certain things in your life that's only going to come grow from messy places. Let me, let me ask you a question. If your grass is not growing and you call a gardener, the first thing you're going to put in your yard is fertilizer. Fertilizer is made up of mess. And so sometimes in order for things to grow and for you to grow, you got to be placed in some. Y'all missed it. It flew right over your head. Don't worry about it. You'll get it by the time you get home. Understand that some of you all right now, this is where you are in the process. He had to place you in some messy situations. Some things that look jacked up. He said, that's the only place you're going to grow. You're going to grow because of the mess. He says, I'm going to use the mess to grow you. And so he had to use Cain. Then he says, I'm going to get the, the acacia. Now, here's the thing about the acacia. The acacia, uh, acacia actually in the Hebrew means to bend or to bow the body. That means there are going to be some situations in your life that God is going to push you and to force you to worship. It's going to force you to bend your body and to bow down to him. See, sometimes God realized the only time you're going to give him glory is when, you, when your back is against the wall. So sometimes he keeps you in a place where your back is against the wall so you can give him some glory. We got to learn how to give him glory even in the good time. Not just when we, oh, Lord, I'm on the altar again. God, help me. He says, well, look, won't you give me some of that when, when I've already blessed you? And so what God's doing, understand what he did. He took, 
He took the myrrh, the bitter places, the, the, the places that cut you in your life. He said, I'm going to use those places to make you some fresh oil. He said, I'm going to take the, 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 the things that turn around, the recovery, the, 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 the thing that, that was restored. I know it started one way, then I restored you. He said, I'm going to take those situations. He says, then I'm going to take the, the, the things that, that grew, made you grow in the dark places, in the messy places. I'm going to take that. He said, then I'm going to take the places where you did give me worship. I'm going to mix all that stuff together. He said, then I'm going to take the olive oil. This is the binder. This is the thing that carries everything else. This is the thing that's going to hold all that stuff you went through together. He says, then I'm going to put this in here. Now, let me tell you the process that olive has to go through to become olive oil. First of all, the tree has to be shaken. The tree has to be shaken to release the olive so they can fall to the ground. So the tree is shaken, then the olives fall to the ground. When they fall to, when they fall to the ground, then they're beaten and crushed to release the oil. Y'all missed it again. I just described somebody's life in here. You've been shaken. Looked like you were falling. And when you fell, you thought that was enough, but then you was beaten and crushed. He says, but when you was beaten and crushed, oil was released. He says, so this, this is the makeup. He says, so then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all of this and I'm going to mix it together. And when I blend all this up, guess what I'm creating for you? Fresh oil. The fresh anointed oil. Smell that. Here, do me a favor. Pass it around. I want everybody to smell it. Just pass it around. Get away for that. The reason why I want you to smell it is because Inside of that, it smells sweet. But inside of that is some bitter things. It's some bad things inside of it. But when God blends it all together, it turns out for your good. It begins to produce something that's good for you. I know it started out saying, man, ain't no way in the world this is going to be good for me. He says, he says, but I want you to let me take you through the process. And in the midst of all this, I still need you to praise me because in the midst of this, I'm doing something. I'm working. I'm going to blend all that thing, the good times and the bad times, the ups and the downs. He says, I'm going to take all of that, blend it together, and guess what? It's going to make anointed oil, holy oil. I need it back now, amen. I'll let y'all smell it at the end of the service. I'll have it up front so you can smell this thing. This smells good to me. Doesn't that smell good? Doesn't that smell good? Guess what's inside of that bitter stuff? Stuff that was messy. It's in here. But it still smells sweet. You know why? Because God said, I'm going to mix all this thing together. Then he said, that's why, that's why he started by saying, my horn. See, now your horn is filled with a fresh anointed oil. So, and guess what? You can use this horn anytime you need it. Just take a little dip and... You done made your own cologne. A sweet smelling one. And all God did was take the situations in your life, the ups and downs. He says, so I know that you don't think it's the season to praise me. He said, but you need to praise me because this is what I'm doing in your life. It don't look like I'm doing nothing, but I'm making you some fresh oil. And I'm going to use everything in your life to give you this oil. Amen. I'm, I'm almost done. Let me get a couple more scriptures. We get out of here. Amen. 
So he, he had to take us through the process. He says, my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. And you are now going to uh, give me this fresh anointing. Look at verse 12. A couple more verses and we out of here. Verse 12, look what it says here. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought the, the wicked were just flourishing. I thought, I thought my enemy were, were doing all this wonderful stuff. He said, but now the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Can I tell you how palm trees grow? See, palm trees are smart because when palm trees grow, they go deep enough in the ground and they attach themselves to rock. Y'all, y'all, y'all missed it. Y'all, y'all missed it. It flew right over your head. Palm trees go deep enough down in the ground and they find rock to attach themselves to. So when the winds and the waves, and that's why they, see when you go, you find palm trees in the a, in a, in a stormy places. Because when the hurricanes come, they're going to bend, but they're not going to break because they are attached to the rock. They're attached to a rock. And see, see, if you, if you want to be able to bend and not break, you got to get attached to the rock. The rock of our salvation, the, 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 the cornerstone that the builders rejected, we need to get connected to that stone, which is Christ Jesus. He says, you need, they wrap themselves around the rock. And because they wrap themselves around the rock, they're stronger now. And they're stronger because, oh, they begin to remember, they start out not flourishing. But they had to go through a process. And after they went through the process, now they're flourishing and their enemies are destroyed. And God is blessing them and giving them, listen, they flourish like a palm tree and they grow like cedar in Lebanon. Lebanon was known for their wood, the strength of their trees. And that's why he says, you're going to grow like cedar in Lebanon. He says, you're going to grow so quick and strong that nothing can knock you down. So now you're attached to a rock and you're strong. He says, so we're going through this process. Look at verse 13. Listen, and those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So I love this because what he's saying is that you no longer will worship in the outer courts. You will no longer worship in the inner courts, but you'll get right in the Holy of Holies where God is, and that's where you will worship him because you're planted in the house. Uh-oh. But in order to get that, you got to be planted. You can't be one of those wishy-washy Christians that, uh, that's not planted. Amen, lights and walls. Planted means that you, you have actually stayed there long enough to take root. So you can't quit God when things get tough. You can't quit on the church when things get rocky. You got to stay there and get planted. And when you get planted, he says, you shall flourish in the courts of our God. That means you're going to stay close to him right in that secret place, that holy of holies. He said, that's where you're going to be. You ain't got to be out there with a sacrifice no more because the sacrifice was already made. Through Christ Jesus, now you can get right there in the Holy of Holies, right where God is. Now that we've gone through all of this, look at verse 15. He says, to declare that the Lord is upright, that he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. In other words, now it's time that word declare again means to praise. So now that you didn't understand that you should praise in the bad times, you don't understand. He says, I had to get all your orders. He says, now you understand that now it's time to give me praise. Now it's time to open up your mouth and to declare that I'm good just because I'm right. I'm upright just because I'm your rock. It's just because they know unrighteousness. He says, now you have a reason to praise. 
And, and, and so many times, church, we got to get off that thing. That the only time we need to praise is when we, when we get a blessing or when doors are open up. Open up your mouth and declare God is good all the time. That's why I like David. So he says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth. It never leaves my mouth because God has been good to me. And because he's been good to me, I can declare his goodness. So I need about 15 of y'all to stand on your feet and give God some glory. Can we do that? I know some of you may be going through right now, but here's a good time to give him some glory. Here's a great time to give him some praise. Here's an awesome time to open up your mouth and declare that God is good. Hallelujah. Right in the midst of your storm, give him some glory. Hallelujah. In the midst of your situation, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Come on and bless the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. No matter what you're going through. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. And I know it don't feel like the right season to give him praise, but praise him in the process. Now is the time. Praise him in the process. While you're being blended and mixed up. While you're in that mark, dark, uh, uh, messy place, give him praise. When you're being cut and feeling bitter, give him praise. When you, when, when, when you have to bow down because your situation is so rough, you have to bend and give him glory, give him praise. And when, he, when, you, when you think back over your life and you realize that those things when was real bitter and he turned up things were sweet, The whole time you think it was designed to destroy you, he was getting your oil right. He was making quality oil. Not just something he just threw together. It takes time to make good stuff. And so I got to take all the situations in your life. He says, and I know that it doesn't seem like the, the appropriate time to praise him, but now is the time. Because you got to praise in the process. And when you praise God in the process, church, understand that's when you get the best oil, the best results and it smells sweet. Even the bad things now smell sweet. The rough places now smell sweet. He said, I'm going to use, I'm going to fill your horn with this. Understand that in this season, church, that's what God's doing. He's, he's, he's creating your oil. So we got to praise him. Somebody saying in the process. In the process. Not when you get out, right in the middle of it. Give him praise. And when you can do that, church, he says, I can blend all that stuff together and produce a holy anointed oil out of your life. Come on, give God some glory one more time. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk podcast. To listen to this message or past sermons, download the Mixcloud app in the Google Play or iTunes store. Go to mgwc.net to join and get the latest church announcements. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Thank you again for listening to the Rhema Talk podcast. Hope you join us next time.